1: In the history of mankind, hypnosis has been used for healing purposes for thousands of years. People have long known that their thoughts can influence their body's functions and behavior. In most cases, hypnosis has been mistakenly labeled a mystic practice. Using hypnosis, humans can change their beliefs and the commands they have given to their subconscious minds. For pain management and for the treatment of mental illness, hypnosis was used during World War II and the Korean War. In 1955, the British Medical Association recommended the use of hypnosis during childbirth. Several medical schools and postgraduate programs recommended instruction in hypnosis after the American Medical Association recognized hypnosis as a field of study on September 13, 1958. Many countries around the world, including the royal family, have used hypnosis during childbirth since the 1950s. The popularity of hypnosis continues to grow. In neuroscience, cutting-edge research shows that hypnosis exists. Hypnosis is becoming increasingly accepted as a technique for improving a wide range of personal aspects in life through change work. The treatment is completely natural and free of drugs. Valeria interviews Reina Prushnicki. She is a clinical hypnotist and NLP practitioner, Neuro Linguistics Programming. She is based in Paris, Ontario, Canada. Raina helps people make positive changes in their lives in the area of improving confidence, weight loss, smoking cessation, pain management, and more. Ama has been her spiritual guide for years. She has seen her many times in Toronto, Canada. Meet Raina at LovingHypnosis.com and TruthBelts.com. Here's the interview with Raina Pruschniki.
0: In your own words, who is Raina Prutniki?
2: Rania Prishniki is a certified hypnotist and somebody who is wanting to make a difference in their lives and a difference in people's lives through helping people through change work and expressing themselves in a reality that they prefer.
0: Mm. I love that. I say that every time. It's almost like it feels like I'm repeating myself, but how? how can I? I mean, it's impossible in a way. I always go back to healing and spirituality there has been the dance within my own life so it's really close to my heart anything that has to do with healing I guess the first question that comes to me is how did you come to do what you're doing today why becoming a hypnotist how did you make that choice
2: that started a long, long time ago when I was a little girl, probably around ages eight to nine, when I was in school and we would have sleepover parties with friends. I can remember that um, I would really love to, pe- to put people into trances. So I can remember sitting down on the ground, cross-legged with somebody's head in my lap, and I would rub their temples and ask them to count backwards from 100. And I was obsessed with this. And I don't know exactly how I learned this, or whether somebody taught me, but I knew how to do it. And I can tell you that there were a few times that it actually worked at such a young age. So that's really where it all started. And then um, later on in my life, um, you know, when I, um, I had a father who died at a very young age and before he died, he actually had a heart attack and he had been pronounced dead for a certain number of minutes and he came back and he had told my mom that he knows that this is not the end, that when you die, you continue on. So, you know, hearing that at a very young age, um, you know, I was already open to a lot of things. So when I was very young, I started reading a lot of uh, spiritual books. And in my early 20s, I started reading a lot of, you know, channeled books. And I was just really interested to, you know, gobble up whatever I could in, in those types of realms. So um, I, I became a professional hypnotist later on in my life um, after my career in product design. And um, I had been always fascinated with reading hypnotists, um, a client. Um, transactions or transmissions and reading books about them and following certain hypnotists. And I always kind of knew somewhere inside of me that I would become a hypnotist one day. So for me, that happened later on in life. Wow.
0: That's amazing how a lot of the seeds of what we are doing today or what we are interested in, they were already seen when we were children. That's so amazing. To kind of realize it's almost like a truth, a kind of truth that never leaves us. It's always very faithful. In my own experience, too, with connecting with people in a meaningful, deeper way has been always my interest since I was very young, since I can't remember, Mm -hmm. actually. So Mm -hmm. having small conversations was something that it was not for me. (laughs) I was just so bad at it anyway. Yeah, how wonderful. So I would love to hear a bit more about your ideas of um, spirituality. What is to be spiritual?
2: Um for me um that means that uh, we understand that we're here having a human experience in a human body and that it's temporary and that there is so much more beyond that and also to be to be conscious of that. So when you think about the fact that we can observe our thoughts, well, who is this observer? So it's really, you know, getting to the point to know that we're more than our human body. We are more than just our five senses. So that's what it means to me.
0: Mm, yes, yes. Of course, that really resonates true. And uh, for me, has been it mean, has been an interesting journey. I guess the most powerful realizations that the essence of everything is one, is the same. Mm-hmm. in that sense of life itself or the universe god whatever we call it is one the underlying reality so it's not it's not two yes. so what we experience here is all, all relative because it keeps coming and going appearing disappearing so that has been um, an interesting realization and the application of that in the relative reality has been the practice my practice just having that flavor take over, <laughs> like mm-hmm. when I meet people, like new people, like you, and, and so many people, my family members, and just always bringing the the the, the scent, you know, to it. It changes everything. It has changed. Um, let's, I would say, the uh, the flow of my interactions with uh, with the relative reality and everything that in people in things, because I don't see them as things. I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. Talk to me about Ama. <laughs> I know uh, we have a lot to talk today, but um I really made me curious about Um. Uh, you mentioned her in your bio. So how did you meet her? Or how did you find out about her? And why were you interested in her in the first place?
2: <laughs> um, Ama is uh, somebody who came into my life as a, a teacher. And, you know, she taught me uh, so much. I was... um I guess, you know, really involved in in seeing her whenever she came to visit us in Toronto, Canada. And I would go to see her retreats and like learn her type of meditation. So in the beginning, it all started um, when I wanted to um, evolve my meditation practice. So I started out learning Transcendental Meditation. And uh, then eventually I heard about something called I Am Meditation. And I remember thinking, oh, what's that? And then somebody said, well, there's this woman, she's coming to Toronto to teach uh, I Am Meditation. You should check it out. So I immediately signed up for the the course, not even knowing uh, who Amma was. Um, And so I did that. And then I heard that she was doing a retreat that weekend. So I decided to go. And that's when I met Amma for the first time. And I had an amazing experience um, have you ever met her in person? No, no, not yet. <laughs> no. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was really quite incredible. Um, I had one really interesting experience. So when I went up to get uh, one of my hugs, so I had uh, quite a few hugs that weekend about like oh, four or five. And um, I had been wanting to resolve something from my childhood um, that I felt was holding me back. So when you go for a hug with Amma, you're waiting in the chairs as as you move up in the line to, to go see her. And I was just praying for help and guidance to, you know, help heal some of my childhood wounds with myself and my father. And then when I went up for my hug, um, I got the hug and she whispered into my ear, my darling daughter, my darling daughter. And then afterwards, you get to sit for a few minutes um, near her while you're um, just kind of like taking in what just happened with the hug. And then during that time, this beautiful song came on um, and it was uh, uh, it was really going in tandem with this huge imagination that I was having at the moment. I imagined that I was dancing with myself and with my father and my little girl self. We're all holding hands and dancing in a circle and I was really having this amazing experience. And then um, about 10 or 15 minutes after that, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and it was time for me to leave to let the next person sit down. And then um, a little while after, I really wanted to find that song. So I went to the back of the room later that evening and I came across this table where Amma has a lot of her spiritual music. And I didn't know how to ask for that particular song that had come on, that had moved me so much. So I just picked a CD. And then, um, and then when the retreat was over and when I listened to the CD, guess what? That song was on it, there was yeah. Like 50 CDs on that table. And I chose that one. And then um, I had put together this, um, a beautiful playlist on my iPod. Um, This was back many years ago. And I was going for a walk and I was walking past um, a flower shop. So I went into this flower shop and I was listening to my iPod. So I had two earbuds in my ears. And then I was just looking around and I was the only person in the store besides the lady who worked there. So when I was going to leave, the lady said to me, excuse me, you, you forgot something, And so I took out one of my earbuds and I had the other one still in my other ear. And I said, what? And she said, yes, these are for you. And she started wrapping up six roses. And I thought that was really unusual. And I said, these are for me? And she said, yes, and I said, well, do you normally give free flowers to people? And she said, no. And it was just the weirdest thing. She had this smile on her face. And anyway, so she wrapped up these six red roses to me. They were orange, actually. And um, And I said, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. So I walked out of the store and I realized that the entire time that exact same song had been playing. So that's just one example of the many like you know, synchronicities and really interesting things that happen, you know, after you see Ana, because, <laughs> you know, definitely there were some shifts that happened for me in terms of my um, wanting to heal some childhood wounds. Yes. Wow.
0: Isn't it interesting, Rania, that what we really need is to spiritualize the mind, right? Because mm-hmm. it seems like it's the only part in, in us that it's not in alignment or it's not in agreement that everything is connected. It's one reality. Yeah. So once you tap into it with Alma, that's what it is. That's where she, she's at. Very yeah. much one with this universal reality. So it's, it's kind of you get as a, as a human, you get to know things <laughs> that you never knew you could. It's not really you. you don't, we don't owe anything. It's just life that's revealing itself to us. In the most beautiful yes. way. Yes, I have had lots of those experiences. And people call it mystical experiences, or spiritual awakening experiences. To me, now it's just uh, natural experiences. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is it. Because I think the challenge is just to quiet the mind enough. But not even by doing something. Just by, I mean, my practice has been just one, not listening to it as much when it's kind of um, in its own realm, which is discriminating everything, protecting the body-mind and the body complex, you know, trying to, it's, it's all about protection and survival. I see that too, in fear.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I kind of don't listen to it uh, most of the time. And, and it helps, it really, really, really helps. But then also I have heard about the, the spiritual mind. It has a different quality to it. And it, it's very loving, kind. Ah, uh, yeah. It, it's just I could just go on and on and on about <laughs> oh, these <things. laughs> So, what what do you feel is the purpose of the human experience? Why are we here?
2: I think the purpose is to experience things, to experience what it's like to be in a body and to experience what it's like to be in that separation consciousness and then to be on the journey to find our way back. Ah,
0: yes, I have heard this before, which is an interesting concept, isn't it? Very interesting one. Why would would wisdom itself kind of end or split itself into ignorance or, or kind of fall into ignorance in order to go back. That, I don't know, for some reason it doesn't, yeah, for some reason it doesn't resonate, but I know that there's some truth to it. It might be like some say it's just God that wants to play, he wants to have fun. <laughs> so he kind of forgets itself, that it's itself in order to experience different things. Right. Yeah. And I heard some people say it's just to experience. It's just to be here, but really be here. Yeah. There, there's so many. We can, we can just go on. I remember when I was very little, looking at myself in the mirror. I think before that moment, I was probably six, seven. I, I remember just seeing, experiencing everything as one flow of somehow. Just I didn't realize it was in the body. In, in every you know, there, there, there were other bodies. I don't know. I, the, I, of course, the feeling they were separate. I probably had the feeling they were separate and all that. But for some reason, it seemed to be, everything seemed to be very connected. It was one experience, everything. Okay. Until that moment that I looked myself in the mirror and I remember the mind saying, oh, you're here again in a female body. So that's... Kind of, I mean, that carried that for, for, the, for until now, it's like it informed me and never left me. And I wanted to go deeper into it. And I guess the deeper I go into it, the answers um, that came to me from so many different spiritual philosophies and schools of, of thoughts and, and what do you call them again? Just, just even religion. I just kind of studied everything and I wanted to know how come, why, what is this and why, why am I here? So the, nice. the answer, oh, they always came back over and over again. Now these days, I mean, so many answers, but now we just keep coming back as a message. Ignorance is a, is a huge one, not knowing what we are, not even who we are, but what we are keeps us kind of spinning, coming yeah. back to experience the same things a lot of times and go through the same su- unnecessary suffering and all that. And then the other answer is that this is just a dream, really. It's a dream-like reality, the relative reality. So it doesn't really, that that doesn't matter, but doesn't really, it's not the whole picture. So don't take it too seriously.
2: Mm-hmm. And also it's exciting to wake up and not knowing like what's going to happen yeah. next. Like it could be a real adventure if mm. you choose to see it like mm.
0: that. As the, yes, I love the idea of the adventure of being open because that, symbolize love to me. And that's what consciousness would be, mm-hmm. right? The, that's love, being open, you know, just going on a journey and whatever happens, happens. That's freedom itself, really. But then what I've... Yeah. There's something in me that keeps kind of, well, but if, you know, it's not a fear thing, but it's it's a voice that I can't really, I know it's, it's consciousness won't speak to us like that, but something that uh, keeps... Talking to me about ignorance, just be aware of that, not to fall back into ignorance, which is really not mm-hmm. knowing that I am one with everything. So every time mm-hmm. I feel separate or any the feelings that the mind t- tries to kind of drive the experience, I quickly become aware of that. I know it, it's a beautiful idea concept to be open to whatever it is. I've, for some reason, maybe, perhaps because of a lot of suffering, unnecessary suffering that the body-mind went through. So I'm very um, mm-hmm. kind of aware of where do I step, you know, and how in a very gentle way, mm-hmm. I kind of bring the, the mind back to the interconnectedness again. That one is mm-hmm. that, that uh, yeah, <laughs> no words for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So let's talk about what you do. And how you do it these days, Rania. So you are a certified hypnotist and also certified NLP practitioner. So talk to me about hypnosis. What is it? And how do you integrate uh, hypnosis with the uh, NLP?
2: Sure. So, well, hypnosis is uh, the state that is somewhere in between your conscious state and your sleeping state, very similar to the moments before you fall asleep. And your unconscious mind is always listening and always recording the thoughts and experiences that we've had in our lives. And, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, folks like to think that, you know, we are so smart and we are behaving in a way that is completely rational. But the truth is that a lot of times the unconscious mind that is trying to keep us safe is, is, is kind of like influencing us to act in ways. Mm. And so that goes back to like, when you were asking me the question about spirituality to like, to become conscious Mm. about our actions. So, you know, a lot of people, I would say, have had experiences in the past and um, some really difficult experiences when they were younger, for younger, for example. And so we found out these strategies to cope through these experiences when we were younger to keep us safe. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these patterns and a lot of these ways that we um, came up with the creativ- creativity of our little selves, that carries out onto our adulthood. And so, You know, adults find themselves repeating these same type of patterns, even though they're not in the same type of danger anymore, but they're still reacting to life in similar ways. So it's like our unconscious mind remembers the way that um, we kept ourselves safe. And then it keeps repeating that until we're conscious of it and are able to release that pattern. So, just like, you know, an example would be somebody who has been smoking for a long time and maybe they started doing it as a teenager to try to fit in with. Other uh, friends at school, um, and they want to be part of a gang or something like that, and then they take that in into life how how else could they feel like they're you know being accepted by friends that is not smoking and so you know this is like some of these patterns or just the same way that our unconscious mind doesn't let us forget how to swim when we're in the middle of a lake and there's no boat around you know well remember these things, and so um it's really um being in communication with our subconscious mind and going beyond the words and understanding and accessing that other part that goes beyond these things. And it's teaching people a really skillful way to use the mind so that they can have, you know, a, a life that they prefer. Mm, does that make sense? Yes,
0: it very much does. So it's almost clearing enough, this space. We are speaking of the mind now, right, Rainius? I usually make a distinction between mind and in consciousness, because they're not the same. Although it, sometimes it feels like it mm-hmm. is, but to me, it feels like completely different. So
2: oh, for yeah, sure, yeah, I love
0: this idea that we can clear the mind enough, or not even clear, clear per se, but also shift the mind's attention or perhaps spiritualize the mind. I kind of use those words. That is just such mm-hmm. a, a beautiful work if we are open to it. Right. And I, and I noticed that some of us um, are not. So I wonder, do you often wonder why some people are not actually open to help themselves to live a, a better life in a sense of peace and happiness?
1: Um,
2: well, you know, I think that that's a personal choice and uh, some people don't believe that anything will help them. And uh, some people are so much in the state of their own hypnosis. Ah, yeah. Um that they believe there are patterns from the past and they're kind of stuck there. And I've come across people in my life that even though you might offer them help or, you know, see this person or go to this retreat, they they often just say no to everything. And that in itself is a state of hypnosis because they have this really strong belief that the way that they are experiencing things is the only possible way at this time and nothing else will help. So it really comes down to people's beliefs at the time. Just like, you know, a lot of people used to believe in Santa Claus when they were younger. This is the greatest. Yes. Did you yes. used to believe in Santa Claus? Oh, yes. Yes. And then there was a period of time uh, that you dropped that belief. Yes.
0: Right. Yes. Oh, and yeah.
2: so, you know, people evolve. And so um, a person um, might go through their whole lifetime and they're hanging on to these beliefs, whereas somebody else might drop a belief in their 20s or in their 30s or in their 70s. So, um, you know, there's no judgment really. It's just really everybody is here to experience things using their own free will. And, um, and it's just as simple as that.
0: Yeah. I love your answer to the question because that makes sense to me, right? It's freedom itself. I actually don't yeah. even use the word free will, but it's just being freedom that means anything could happen. And actually everything that is happening, whatever, and how it's happening, it is... The manifestation of freedom, isn't it? Exactly the way it
2: is. Sometimes you might look at a person and let's say somebody has like in a wheelchair and they're like crippled and you wonder like, you know, why are they going through that experience? But that could be uh, like the the way that they need to learn in this incarnation or, you know, there's always like um, the path that a person has and we can't possibly know what another person's path is, right? So it's really kind of observing people with curiosity and compassion, and knowing that everybody's on their own path, and being respectful of that.
0: Mm, that is so true, Rania. Yeah, that's a tough one sometimes. <laughs> when <laughs> yeah. when you see the wars, you know, violence, unkindness, yeah. and all that abuse, you just ah, we want to do something, but not to say that we that we cannot do something about it. Right when we see those things happening coming from. That place of uh, I, I call it ignorance in a sense, not in the pejorative way, but in in a sense of ignoring what is what is true that that we are all one reality, one we are into everything is interconnected. So I guess that made me think. I think it was last night I was watching a documentary. You probably heard about Gaia. It's, it's a network of they have so many amazing kind of documentaries and stuff there, and I, and I remember watching something about a woman that she was a glimpses glimpses of consciousness that was the name of the documentary and then she was all she was all about kindness you know and uh, i think she was a vegan so she didn't want to kill anything she know she knew that everything was interconnected and consciousness was everywhere plants animals everywhere of course everything so yeah. she stopped kind of eating animals and all that but then She had visions and then that that drove her to, I think, to Chile or Mexico, somewhere in there to this tribe. And they were highly spiritual people. They had to kill a cow to eat or something. And then she was there at the time. And then she thought it was very ironic that she was kind of experiencing that, you know, Mm -hmm. like seeing that the cow being dragged into the slaughterhouse. Mm -hmm. And then just the scene of that, too, I just remember now looking at it, I couldn't, I just had to fast forward. (laughs) I couldn't really look at it. Mm -hmm. So I do understand that everything is, uh, yeah, it's freedom itself happening. But I I don't, there are, I guess there's some of us are not really, it's not even that we are not ready. It was just that we are, in a way, we had enough of that. And then we are just kind of, yeah, we don't need to be aware of those things anymore. Even in the sense of experience, seeing yeah. the violence and the unkindness and people killing the animals the way they do. And I know that they were doing the humane way, the way they, those, those people did uh, kill that, that cow. But it's interesting to notice. I was just really kind of not, yeah, I kind of it paused me for a moment and I was trying. Yeah, I, I guess I become very sensitive around that. Yeah.
2: Well, I think I think it's changing. Like, even look at the vegan movement in the past twenty years. Um, more and more people are becoming aware, and more and more people are turning to a vegan or vegetarian diet. Yes. Or even people who wish to eat meat, they're eating less meat. Um, so there really has been a change that's happening, which is really wonderful to see.
0: Yes, that's that's very much true. It is it is changing. That's really 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 wonderful wonderful news. Yeah. <laughs> Talk to me for a moment about the science behind hypnosis. It has been recognized by science, Rania.
2: It has. So hypnosis has been recommended as a field of study back in the 1950s by the American Medical Association. Um, Hypnosis is used in hospitals now for childbirthing or even used when people are having surgery. So either in addition to or in place of anesthesia, they're using hypnosis, People are using hypnosis for uh, giving birth and even they teach hypnosis um, in the military. Um, So this is a real thing. I mean, all hypnosis is really self-hypnosis and it's something that's happening all the time. So, for example, have you ever had the experience of you watch a movie and you might laugh or you might cry when it's that? Yes.
0: Oh, yes. (laughs) Many times.
2: (laughs) that's, That's you responding to emotional suggestion. And so that's mm. actually hypnosis-like state. And another example would be, let's say you're driving home from the day and then next thing you know, boom, you're in your driveway and you don't even remember the last three or four blocks because you had driven it so many times. Have you had that happen?
0: Um, I don't drive. So that wouldn't okay. be my experience. <laughs> that okay. wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, for people yes. that do drive myself yes. I mean, maybe so you walked so <laughs> many times or biked, and you, like, you just know the path so many times because you have like driven it so many times or walked it or rode it, and so it's because um, the repetition is the mother of all learning. So, even in advertising, they use these techniques of repetition and studying how can we hypnotize people into buying this product. It's it's really happening all the time, and so it's really about. Um, if we can learn how to skillfully use our minds to, you know, to hypnotize ourselves towards a reality that we prefer, that is amazing. And so, what I love about um, the work that I do through hypnosis is that I'm helping people to show them how to unhypnotize themselves from these old patterns from the past that are no longer relevant, and then showing them how they can hypnotize themselves to having the reality that prefer that they prefer, whether that is you know, to um, be healthier, to lose weight, to stop smoking, to have more confidence um, for pain management, or even, um, you know, overcoming a fear of phobia or public speaking, or even reaching a goal in their um, in their life, whether they're an entrepreneur or a salesperson. So it's really about giving them the tools that will allow themselves to do that through the NLP and through the hypnosis. Uh,
0: yes. Wow. So in a way, it is changing the filter instead of the lens which we perceive reality is that possible to actually not to to have a filter <laughs> not to carry a belief system i often wonder if that's possible though <laughs>
2: Oh, um, <laughs> I, I haven't reached that state yet. And I know, maybe has, but um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like we all have some sort of belief because it's um, it's, it's oftentimes it's learned from our parents when you yeah. when as we grow up, right, or learned from friends and family. And you know, people show us things, and people think, Oh, this is just the way that it is, life isn't any other way. Um, and then as you grow up, you meet new types of people that come into your life, and you realize, Oh that's actually different than what my parents told me or what the priest told me or what the teacher told me. And it your, your, um, your horizons start to expand. And then you can start to think, wow, well, if there's all these different possibilities out there, what kind of life do I prefer to have? What kind of world do I prefer to live in? And so I believe that as more and more people learn about this sort of thing, then they can create a conscious life, which will elevate each individual's vibration, which will in turn, um, vi- like, um, increase the vibration of our entire planet. Yes.
0: That also resonates very much true. So healing, spirituality, they're very much connected. Yes. Yeah. If you have to use a filter anyway, it would be better to use a clean one. Yes, <laughs> that helps I a lot.
2: So beautifully said, Valeria. So for example, a lot of people have negative self-talk, and uh, and they don't realize that they're doing it and again this could be like from a pattern of something that happened in the past and they don't feel good about themselves and they've simply never matured or been taught into a different way of of thinking and so they're already using the tools of their free choice but if they were able to skillfully learn to um, learn this through hypnosis then they can have positive thoughts or start directing their their minds and using their imagination towards the reality that they prefer to have in their lives.
0: Yes. Wow. That's such a wonderful invitation. And <laughs> I have these conversations here and I pass it on to everybody around me. But I'm very much conscious that we can't really force anyone to see what they are not ready to see. And I learned that the hard way by trying to be change people around me, you know, my family members,
1: my husband, And then
0: now we're just um, gently putting these messages out there, talking about them, but without, let's say, the agenda to change anyone. But what a wonderful invitation. I mean, I'm just imagining here if everyone was open to it.
2: Well, you know what, the best way to help other people in your lives is by helping yourself. And so I can't tell you how many times I've had clients like, let's just take um, basic um, like weight loss, okay? Because so many clients come for weight loss. And so what happens is at the end, um, they always say this to me. They say, you know, it's not really about the weight loss anymore. It's just about the change in the mindset. And I can't tell you how many times they've told me that because they have changed their mindset and lost all this weight and made these wonderful adjustments in their lives, the people around them have taken notice. So they're not only copying them, but they're asking, like, how did you do that? And so you don't even really have to do anything. You just simply do you and then people around you will see it. And then they'll start coming to you to ask how you made those changes. Yes,
0: that's a beautiful, beautiful answer. (laughs) Insightful one. Yes, right. We often want to kind of see the world as a peaceful place, but peace starts here. It starts with us. Yeah, I Thank absolutely you. agree. Yeah. So positive chains, I love that for some reason. This is the title of the episode too. I include those words. So um, you help people to make positive changes in the areas of confidence, weight loss, smoking, as you mentioned, pain management and more. Do you also help people with addiction, alcohol addiction or drug addiction?
2: Um, Well, when it comes to things like that, um, I would need um, a recommendation from a doctor because I'm not uh, trained as like a licensed therapist. Um, So I usually stick to the other things such as like, you know, stress management, pain management, um, weight loss and stop smoking.
0: Yes. Okay. So... This is because insurance um, addiction is so much more complicated. Um, well, Iranian you know what,
2: where I live in Ontario, Canada, uh, they have very strict rules about uh, hypnosis um, versus um, psychotherapist. So, for example, I'm not allowed to refer to myself as a psychotherapist here in Ontario. I have to use the word hypno- hypnotist because uh, there's a law here that um, in order to say you're a, a hypnotherapist, you also have to have a degree in psychology. Um, oh, so I guess okay. it has to do with legal things. So, right, um, right. you know I have to honor honor that, and that's only in Ontario and other provinces on on Ontario in Canada it's not like that um, so I just stay within the realms of of my practice, and the, you know it works wonderfully. so if those type of people um they would probably go to see a psychotherapist, and uh, perhaps they would come to me to um, learn about like stress management and how to um, you know, like their forward, their future um, goals. They would come to me for that sort of thing. But I wouldn't say that I specialize in in those types of addictions.
0: Yes. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification. It was just a I was curious about that.
2: Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Another question, I guess, was a guided question that I received from you. Is about that often. Actually, I think I asked some hypnotherapists here. It's about meditation and hypnosis. They have the same quality. Or are they completely different?
2: I would say they're very similar. Um, Meditation is a form of hypnosis. So if you were to hook two people up to an EEC machine and uh, one was uh, doing meditation and one was in hypnosis, the brainwave patterns would be similar. Not exactly the same, but similar. So hypnosis uses um, that state of mind that you're in to make changes, whereas the meditation is often used to observe the mind or to relax does that mean that expand the mind? So um, I actually, from my experience, I I feel that it's easier to get into a state of hypnosis than meditation. I remember when I started meditation, um, it was really hard for me to sit still and it took me a long time to work my way up there. Whereas hypnosis, so when a client comes to see me, they are reclined back in a beautiful, comfortable chair and then they're listening to me. So I'm guiding them. So in that way, it's easier to get into that quickly
0: as yes, that also makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> do you offer sessions online as well, Rania, or only in person? Yes,
2: I do. I offer sessions online and in person.
0: Ah, uh, wonderful to know. So I do have your website here. Ah, uh, let me see again. It's uh, I mean, what's not to love about the name of it? <laughs> Lovinghypnosis.com. And then I'll have um, your other, the product designer business that you have, truthbelts.com. I'll have those two links on your podcast profile.
2: Yeah, thank you very much. And also, um, I always offer people a free screening session so that they can meet with me for free for 30 to 40 minutes, just so that I can assess them and see if they would be a good candidate for hypnosis and answer all of their questions. And then from there, they can decide whether or not they would like sessions.
0: Mm, Yes, that's really helpful. And is hypnosis for everyone? Would you recommend that? I mean, besides the addiction, drug addiction,
2: yes. would you say that everyone, anyone can try it? I would agree that anybody could try it. Um, I think they would have to be ready to make changes in their lives. Um, I would say don't come to see a hypnotist just to like check it out. I would say come to see a hypnotist because you really are sincere about making a positive change in your life. Then it will absolutely work if you have that willingness
0: Yeah, it's not just curiosity, right? Right. right. I love curiosity, but not in this case. (laughs) That (laughs) wouldn't be helpful. (laughs) So, we are almost at the end. I do have a few more questions for you. But before that, Rainian, is there anything that you didn't disclose throughout the conversation? Any questions I didn't ask that was relevant to the topic of hypnosis and what you do?
2: Well, the only thing that I like to say about hypnosis is that it's a field that's really growing. Um, there is more and more hypnotists and hypnotherapists popping up all around the world, particularly in, in North America, where I live, all the time. And it's so nice to see that um, psychotherapists are now starting to work together with hypnotists and referring clients back and forth. You know, there is, I think there's like, um, there seems to be an issue that, um it's almost like a crisis of maturity that is happening to, to younger people. So just the way that our world is compared to when I was younger, you know, with all this like social media and, um, and helicopter parents and things like that. It's like when situations happen, they might not have the ability or the maturity to view their experiences as learning. And so it might really get them into, Um, you know, place that they feel like they're a failure or they go into blame or shame or guilt or burnout. And that can actually show up as a diagnosable condition. And so um, there's been, um, you know, a lot of evidence that um, is showing that, you know, there are things that could be done if we like teach people how to cope with situations. And so it's really, you know, wonderful to see that there are like ways and skills that can be taught to like, to change our mood, to change our vibration, to interrupt the patterns. So that's why hypnosis is so powerful. And it's really about helping people to know that they do have the power and they have the free choice to have whatever reality that they prefer to experience. And it's just like really about educating people about that and getting them in there to teach them how to do it. Mm, Wow, I love that
0: message, Rainy. Yes, we do have the power, right, to change Whatever it is that's getting our way, that's very much true. It's just being ready, being open to it. But yeah, we do have that power. That's a a message that doesn't just resonate true to me, but everyone that I I meet in this area of empowerment, -empowerment, self-empowerment, self-knowledge. It's just so clear to us. I love what you said about that we are in a state of hypnosis in a way, all of us. That that makes a lot of sense.
2: For sure, because like another way of 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 giving a definition for hypnosis is expectation and visualization mm-hmm. equals belief. So, you know, whatever belief you have in the world, you can find evidence to support it. Did mm-hmm. you ever notice that? Yes. Like um, oh, yes. like COVID, like what, the vaccine or non-vaccine or like, you know, like um, two people who have opposing opinions, they can go on the internet and search Google and say, here's proof of this. And the other person, <laughs> yes. here's proof of this. Yes. So, you know, um, a belief, yeah. oh, like a belief is something that wants to perpetuate itself and it has its own set of evidence. So when you switch it to a different belief, it's also going to have its own set of evidence. Does that make sense?
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. So,
2: um, you know, we're ah. always like taking <laughs> beliefs and we're co-creating them into our lives. And like just like when we used to believe in Santa Claus and then we matured and we dropped that belief and we took another one. And then later in life we drop another belief and we took another one and we're we're experimenting with what we can like create as these beautiful creator beings that we are.
0: Mm, yes, beautifully said. <laughs> yes. That really kind of made me yeah, kind of realize that that the truth behind that. Yeah, that we are all one way or another, uh hypnotized. Yes. yes. Wow. So my ending questions. So, uh, yeah, I have to ask you this one. (laughs) What is freedom to you?
2: Freedom is the ability to do whatever you want, whenever you want. So it means that I have a healthy body to do it. I have like the power to like believe and choose whatever I wish to do. So, yeah, I'll say that again, to do whatever you want, whenever you want. Mm,
0: Yes. And um I guess I'll ask you this one too. What do you love most about being in the human body or being the human body? Oh,
2: laughter. Just <laughs> yes. Laughing out loud. And I love laughing <laughs> and dancing.
0: <laughs> yes, that sounds uh, that sounds very light to me, very playful. Yes, doesn't it? We need more playfulness too.
2: Yes. Which comes with
0: from from the state of hypnosis, as you call it. More open, I guess, um, even though we're still using that filter, it seems like at some point that filter can become a little bit loose (laughs) in the sense that we can see from the sides (laughs) around it instead of through it all the time. Mm -hmm. So life becomes a lot more playful. Mm -hmm. And my last question is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die?
2: Well, you know what? Um, there was this really interesting book about this nurse who uh, worked in um in critical care, and she started asking people before they're about to die, like what are what are the things that you regret? And they always said it's they like it's something that they didn't try, you know, um, like, um, and they also said things like, just like living my life the way that my parents wanted me to live, but I didn't love live life the way that I wanted to live. So to answer your question, I would say, just like, Whatever you really are passionate about, to go for it, regardless of what your parents say, regardless of what your friends and family say. If it's something that brings you joy, then like follow that. So that that would be the one. So what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Three
0: experiences, yeah, that's a great one. Like, I love that. Yeah, so
2: follow your bliss. Follow your bliss, no matter what. Um, the other experience would be to um, to know that you can change your beliefs. Okay, so I would say, go see a hypnotist. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Brania. <laughs> yes. And the other experience would be to forgive, to, to, to know what it's like to forgive somebody because forgiveness is so powerful. If you can let something go from the past, oh, miracles can happen in your life.
0: Thank you so much, Brania, for being you, for being open to this amazing journey experience called life. Thank you <laughs> for being uh, a healer and from being spiritual to going deeper into not not stopping there with healing, but helping others and exploring more the what spirituality is. Thank you so much again. Thank
2: Truly you for beautiful. having me.
0: So I'll have the links, uh, those two links on the podcast notes, and we'll talk soon. Bye for
1: now, Albania. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Raina Prusniki and her work, please visit lovinghypnosis.com and truthbelts.com.
0: To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.